It's Thursday, November 16th, 2017, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 206, Foam Lightsabers. Runtime for this episode is 58 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that thinks it still likes Star Wars. My name is Jeremy. Not after this game. My name is Zach. Look into your heart. Feel the anger flow through you. I'm Tyler. I'm trepidatious about the new Star Wars. I think oh. I'm using that word right. That's right. It's coming out soon. I forgot yeah. about that. Kevin is here. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kevin. We found him again. He was just kind of hanging out outside. I don't know why, but... I saw the trailer for the first time in front of Thor, and it looks pretty good. It does. Like I said, I'm trepidatious because wasn't this one that had like the crazy amount of production problems? It did have a lot of production problems. It's probably got to kill off uh, what's her name, Carrie Fisher. Slayer. Yep. Although it looks from the trailer like they were going to do that anyway. I really didn't like Rogue One, but that doesn't really have much. That's not pushing me against this movie. I liked bits and pieces of Rogue One. There were bits I liked about Rogue One, but after thinking about it more and more, like initially I walked out of the theater and was like, that was a really good movie, but thinking about it more and more, I'm like, writing for that wasn't very good. That's why I haven't watched it again. I liked Rogue One fairly well, but it felt the entire time like it was just a Star Wars D20 game that someone made a movie out of. All right, so Kevin's here. So Kevin, what have you been playing since your last appearance that I don't remember what episode that was? what, three months ago or something? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I've been playing uh, Warhammer 40k. That's a good not video game. (laughs) Actually, it is a video game. So I've been playing collecting the miniatures, painting the miniatures. I bought their new game called Underhive Shadespire. Shadespire is the big thing. It's a right now 2v2 or 1v2 or four person free for all board game that takes about 30 minutes, but it has miniatures that are like snap fit together that you decide to paint, but you don't have to. You've got your Stormcast Eternals, which are space marines in the fantasy universe. Uh, that are blue, and then you've got your corn berserkers, which are red. Corn, corn, K H O R N E. Okay, you know, like the cat who trained Goku. Ah, gotcha. Corn. Blood for the blood god. Yeah, he's one of the gods of chaos, and so it's a game that takes thirty minutes. <laughs> I tried that for a little while, and then I got Total War Warhammer Two. Is that any good? Yes, it is. So I was, I haven't played a ton of it, but is that like the Total War games, like Total War Rome, Total yes. War? And you can play, it's the fantasy races, so you've got, like, the High Elves, the Dark Elves, the Lizardmen. The Space Marines. The Rat Folk. And the, the <laughs> and Hobbits. So those are the four main in the main storyline. And then there's a free DLC for, it's called the Mortar Empires campaign, which adds in the Vampire Counts, which are necromancers that summon undead. And it adds another race. And I, I like how there's an entire is. race of Vampire Counts. That's like the Vampire Counts versus the Vampire Dukes. That sounds like <laughs> the most Games Workshop thing I can think of. A race of Vampire Counts. That only thing that would make that more Games Workshop is if it was a 40k race and not a fantasy race. <laughs> yes, it is a fantasy race. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of Warhammer. So Total War Warhammer 2 is the video game that I've been playing of that. And it's kind of like Civilization if you were also able to control your battles. 
So whenever you get into a battle, you can then get into the unit selection and you can deploy your squads of dudes and you've got spearmen and swordmen, sword, swordsmen, swordsmen. Uh, and it's a tactical thing. Like Swordopodies. Building uh, units in the fight. You're just no. maneuvering units yeah, you already have. So it's like civilization. You've got a lord that runs around with an army. You're building up your towns and outposts. Uh, you're trying to complete magic rituals, forge alliances, that kind of thing. Uh, all these sounded very mundane until you're like, complete magic rituals. <laughs> well, they had to add something for fantasy. I assume that's like the equivalent of build world wonder or something. Sort of. So the main campaign is Eye of the Vortex. So you're trying to... Every race is trying to gain control of this thing called the Magic Vortex for a different purpose. So, like, the High Elves are trying to gain control of it so that they can stabilize it. The Dark Elves want to leech power from it so that Malekith can become the true Phoenix King. It's this whole fantasy thing that's actually really interesting. So how's Total War? Total War is great. I got part of the way through a Dark Elf campaign and then realized I had been putzing around too long and was going to get owned very quickly because I was still kind of getting a grasp on what exactly I should be doing. And I should have been attacking more cities to capture slaves because that's the special resource that the Dark Elves get is they capture slaves to help fuel their empire. And they need tons of slaves in order to, like, you sacrifice slaves for your magic rituals. They generate you more money. But the regular populace of your town don't like them. So you tend to, <laughs> there's kind of like a happiness meter that you kind of have to try and balance. And so if you have a ton of slaves, that people don't really like that because there's a bunch of filthy, unwashed slaves walking around or something like that. They never really explain it, but that's what I'm guessing it is. So can you build slave bathtubs to reduce the happiness <laughs> penalty? You can instead build fighting pits to put the slaves to death. You probably don't put them to death. You you want them to fight each other to the death. And then the Dark Elves really like murder because they worship the god of murder. What else have you been playing, Kevin? I've also been playing a bit of a game called The Surge. It's like Dark Souls, but sci-fi. That sounds like a great combination, frankly. Yep. Uh, there's actually a pretty cool reveal when they're kind of going through the intro of, oh, you're a person who's going to this new workplace to kind of start a new, like, career kind of thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've got all these powered exosuits so that you can become, you know, more human or, like, a better human. You're sitting on this train and you're looking around. And then when you get the ability to move, your character moves and you realize you're in a wheelchair. And that's why you're going to ah. this facility is to be able to walk again. That's pretty sweet. It was kind of like the beginning of Avatar. It was a really good reveal because at first you think you're just sitting down and you can't move because the game won't let you. But it's you can't move because you're in a wheelchair and like strapped to the train so that you don't go sliding around all over the place. You go, you get to pick. Do you want the heavy exosuit? That's there. It's like the rhino exosuit. That's going to be like the heavy lifter and the kind of muscle for the company? Or do you want the Lynx, which is going to be like the technician who's going to like, you know, work on the high power lines and that kind of thing. And before I made that decision, I looked online and people were like, pick the Lynx because you can get the Rhino, like the full set of Rhino very quickly. and Or you cannot get the full set of Rhino, the full set of Rhino until like the second level or the second area, or whatever it is, but you can get the full set of the Lynx armor in the first area. You'll unlock whichever one you don't pick in the second area. So since you cannot finish the Rhino until you make it to the second area, you might as well start with the Lynx. That makes sense. Yep. The weapon you start off with is like some busted part of a robot that you pick up, 
And you're like, oh, well, I guess I can swing this around. And <laughs> So is it mostly melee combat? Yeah, it's mostly melee combat. There are some ranged enemies, and you do have this kind of dash jump thing. Like, you've got, like, thrusters on your back, but you can't use them to fly, but you can use them to do this dash jump thing. Uh, you're also not supposed to, at least from what I could tell, I ran into the ranged guys early because I was trying to go exploring, even though this was the toy level of like, hey, walk around and do this stuff. And so you're supposed to run into them from a side where you can get close to them very quickly. I did not. I ran at them from behind somehow and was like, oh, these guys are just going to destroy me. So they did. And I <laughs> respawned and was like, all right, I won't go that way then. Have you played any of the Dark Souls games? I have not played any of the Dark Souls games. <laughs> You've played games. a lot of Dark Souls-esque games, though. <laughs> I have, but I haven't ever played Dark Souls for some reason. To be well, fair, neither have I, and also I play a lot of Dark Souls-esque games, so... They're good. You should. I know, I should. Like, they're on my list of games I want to play sometime. I just don't for some reason, and I don't know they're why. They're not even on my wish list, which is weird. Like, they should <laughs> at least be on my Steam wish list so that if they ever go on sale, I can pick them up. Especially because I picked up The Surge. <laughs> I don't even remember why that came up on my radar. Because it's fairly recent, so it must have just been when it came out, they were pushing it on your, like, discovery queue, and I was like, oh, well, that looks kind of interesting. I'll try that out. Anything else, Kevin? I've been playing a bit of League. It's mostly just been uh, playing Warhammer related stuff because i'm super into that right now like pretty much everything gw is doing at the moment <laughs> all right so zach since you haven't been painting sweet models what have you been doing i beat xenoverse 2 actually oh hey <laughs> so did it get to super saiyan blue at any point in there i don't uh, but like when you're learning to go super saiyan in the first place goku and vegeta are both trying to kick your ass and you're uh beating them off as blue yeah, they're both Okay, blue. I just wanted to know if it was in the game yeah, like, at all. That, not, that doesn't so. sound fair at all. If they're Super Saiyan Blue and you can't even go Super I Saiyan yet. I have used the theory that your character is actually insanely powerful. He's a brawly. Uh, <laughs> in the first Xenoverse, they literally wish for the strongest dude to be Trunks' time cop partner. Okay. I don't know what the deal is in the second one. You I just agree. are a random time cop trainee. The Supreme Kai of Time was like, huh, I wonder if I should ask the North Kai of Time for a partner. <laughs> um... But the end of it, Goku shows up to help you, but he doesn't show up to steal the kill. Because they learned their lesson from Xenoverse <laughs> 1, where Goku's like, I'm here now. I will defeat this bad guy for you, because I am Goku, and that's what I do. And somewhere Vegeta's like, God damn it, Kakarot! <laughs> but yeah, he, he shows up to help you with the final boss. And the very end of it, uh, I don't really mind spoiling, but they get all the all seven Dragon Balls, and they use the Dragon Balls to wish for enough food for everybody. I just, was that the source of everyone's discomfort throughout the game? Was not enough food? I don't... No, it's like this big party, so they wish for, they, they wish for food like for the party. I feel like these assholes squander the dragon's power You should watch so some much. Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> so <laughs> many squandered wishes. So many times Beerus is like, hey, Shenron, tell me about this. I'm uh, sorry, Lord Beerus, but I don't know about that. <laughs> what use are you to me? Be gone, Shenron. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, at the time, it's... Like your character, and then a whole bunch of other people. Your character doesn't really make the wishes; it's all the gods. It's like Beerus, Whis, the Supreme Kai of Time. Yeah, to be fair, and even then, Whis is like, "Do should we really be using the Dragon Balls for this?" And Supreme Kai of Time is like, like "No, it's fine." <laughs> I managed to finally beat that, which made me happy. Although I don't know if I'm ever actually going to go back and play it again, just because it's not like it's fine as a game. It's just not really. It's not great. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff in it that I liked, but. Honestly, I'd prefer less RPG. 
And more fighting game? Yeah, more Tenkaichi, I guess. I've been really enjoying but, Team Four Stars <laughs> Let's Plays of the Xenoverse games. Yeah, they are great to watch someone else play. I will agree with that. It's playing them that I don't like. Ah, <laughs> uh, the adventures of Puddin. Yep, it's now on the adventures of Puddin, the ill-begotten offspring that just kind of plorped off Dumplin'. After I beat that, I got TV again, so I actually started playing uh, Tales of Berseria again. Oh, sorry, did, I forgot that you were playing that. Why did you stop? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I started playing it again. I got through, like, the big twist that I saw coming from a mile away. What the twist? Because, like, I could see the, how the story beats were working, and I don't have a problem with it because the characters themselves I like enough that I don't really care that it's by rote. And a lot of the times, the, the characters are more important in the first place. That's why you can see a lot of them where it's basically the same overall story. You know, we got to go save the world, but some of them are better and some of them are worse. And it usually can be uh, traced back to whether or not the characters are garbage or not. Yeah. Alex and I were talking about this recently. And for as much as I loved Tales of Zestiria, which apparently a lot of people think is like one of the worst Tales games, I could not for the life remember like three quarters of the characters' names. Like, I remember everything about their personality, like, their, like, weird How many quirks. characters were there? There's only, like, six, maybe seven. I can't remember any of them. Are they wow. just weird Japanese names, or? They're weird names on average. Like, I remember the Earth Sprite is named Edna. I found the older I get, the harder it is for me to remember names, even of fictional people. Like, I love Kill a Kill, but the characters are Makoto and... Lush. Yamagori <laughs> and... Who's Makoto? Isn't uh, Mako? Ma uh, Mako Mak Makanshoku, I think is her I, name. Her Mako name is, is the weird. shortened version of that. Ibuko. Yeah. Ibuko. Uh, huh? And the main character is Matoy. That might be her last name. It is. And so, yeah. those are the characters I remember from that show. None of those are my favorite character. So. <laughs> I, I'm horrible with character names. Like, there was at one point when I probably had thousands of magic card names memorized. Which is weird, considering normally I'm horrible with names, but for whatever reason, it was like, oh, magic cards? Yeah, I've got that down. <laughs> you can vaguely describe the art to me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, it was this card. What? How, how, how did you even know that? I just, I played with it last Wait, week. Humans? Eh, screw it. I'm weirdly <laughs> good with character names. I don't know why, but I I'm used weirdly to be. good at it. I've just lost it. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, Tales of Zesteria. Berseria. Berseria. Symphonia. Um, <laughs> Fantasia. Secret of Mana. <laughs> so I've been I was playing a lot of that because I was watching football Ocean's on my 11? computer and I was playing Berseria while I was doing that which I was actually happy because it let me do that cuz I'm easily distracted when I'm actually using my computer but when I turn it on to TV I can play Berseria much more easily and like the main character has kind of gone through an arc stuff has happened I I'm kind of into the second act yeah to kill the corrupt church slash government I'm working on that Actually, because it's, I think this is actually a very common plot in Tales games. That's I why I said a, it. That, that's, okay. that was my point. I think it's a very common plot in JRPGs post-Ogre Battle. Yeah, like, it's a basic plot line. That's why I was saying that uh, the thing that makes a game good or not is whether or not the characters are dog shit. You know, I didn't realize how common a trope that was, because the first time I ever encountered it was Final Fantasy X. And then, like, I've played a lot of old games since then, and man, they have used that a lot since the mid-90s. Yeah, I know. That's one of the reasons why I couldn't... I tried playing Final Fantasy X again, and I couldn't get through it because the characters suck. Ah! 
What else have you been playing, Zach? Uh, <laughs> I, was try- I tried to get in before he did that. I failed. Uh, <laughs> Jack um, shot. What else have you been playing, Zach? Ah, uh, damn it! You're gonna I cut all that. Tried beating Dark Souls three, but I'm stuck on the last boss. He's really hard. At least that's a decent place to be stuck. You know, I've read some pretty good strategy guides for Dark Souls. They're mostly get good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know the main, the main strategy for Dark Souls is get good. It's actually kind of amazing because there actually is like a lot of detailed information and helpful stuff for Dark Souls on like the Dark Souls wiki. The usual like trope is the get good, but there actually is a lot of helpful people in that community. So, Well, there's yeah. a lot of people who will help you get good. Like You <laughs> still need to get good because there's not going to be some secret trick. There's no easy good. button to Dark Souls, no. Well, I've watched some of the speedrunners do stuff with Dark Souls, and I think it's the first Dark Souls, you can kill the first or the final boss by tricking him to fall into a bottomless pit. <laughs> Basically, he's got an attack that moves him forward, and so if you're standing in a certain spot and you dodge roll out of the way, he will fall into this bottomless pit and die. It's how you can beat the final boss with crappy starting items because you never pick anything up in a speedrun. But generally speaking, they've already gotten good. So oh, yeah, no. that like, doesn't that really help. That guy's incredible, but it's just it's really funny to be like, yeah, so I don't actually have a weapon that can damage the final boss, so I have to trick him into this bottomless Whoop. pit, which is helpfully right here. Um, Tangentially related, wh- what do you call the main character in a Dark Souls game? Like, It depends on which game you're talking about. Yeah, that's about. what I thought. Because in Dark Souls 3, you're the ashen one. Okay, because presumably you've burned. Your character in Dark Souls 3 is somebody who didn't link the fire the first time. They've already been burned. So the reason I brought this up is because there was a series of gifts of this one guy at a convention recently who would go up to people and challenge them to a fight. And like, you know, random other characters that usually carry giant swords and then just start dodge rolling around them and then just like look at them like what? (laughs) The game is insanely difficult. I'm stuck on Cuphead too. Like I've got these two games that I really, really like and I'm stuck on both of them. Like this stupid... Did I beat the bee? I don't remember. Yes, I did. I beat this bee. It was really, really obnoxious because you have to keep <laughs> climbing up and up this tower and trying to actually hit them while they're underneath you. It's really difficult. And then there's a... I'm stuck on this pirate boss now. Do you guys watch the Honest trailers for Cuphead? No. No. It was pretty... No. Gr- they did it in like old 1920s cartoon intro style. It was actually pretty good. What else, Zach? A lot of League, but the main one I've been doing is that Tales of Berseria, and I love the characters in that so much. They're just fantastically done. I can't remember what the hell her name is. Jessica, I want to say? I don't know. She's basically, uh, she's the sprite of Lady Lake, so you can guess what she's inspired by, I guess. She gives you a magic sword. The hell are you talking about? Sorry, in Zestiria. I jumped, I jumped tracks a little bit. Um, she's one of my favorite characters ever in a video game because she's just a huge nerd and she gets the two main characters to do like hero poses at the end of battles. So like they do like synchronized victory poses and do they you can talk- see her in the background clapping. Do they, they talk do. to each other after wins and that? Yeah, they have like 40 different animated cutscenes okay, depending on who's in the battle. And- they have the same thing in Berseria's. The characters talk to each other a lot after the end of battles. Yeah, I think they started that in Zestiria. But basically, like, depending on who you have out, there's, like, one of three cutscenes for that combination of characters that can occur. Yeah, it doesn't always do it. Sometimes it just has a random... One of the main characters is there, but I like all the characters in that. I haven't come to a point where it's like, I hate this character because of reasons. Even your caster, who's just, like, weird, is... Endearingly weird? She has her place, and she can be obnoxious, but I always have been kind of assuming that that character had more going on. 
Because it's one of those characters that's it's following the party around, but doesn't seem to have anything actually going on. They're just following you around for entertainment value. Why does Lulu help you guys out in Final Fantasy X? She's Eunice's friend. Yeah. Why? Because they grew up together. She's just bad at being a friend. Also, Lulu's like 10 years older than Luna. No, Luna. she just acts that way. Okay. <laughs> and I guess it's like... It's the same thing for Waka. No, Waka follows you around because he and Titus are cool sports bros together. No, the thing is, like, him and Lulu are actually, like, technically Titus is tailing along after everybody else. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's actually Titus just shows up. <laughs> Rock is like, you vaguely remind me of my brother. You should join our party. But, yeah, that one, because of the fact that they have all these, like, little vignettes where you can hit a button. and Like, you don't have to, and it'll have a, ca- a bunch of character interactions with each other. Oh, like, at save points and stuff? It's not even at save points. Oh, well. It's, like, after an event will occur. It'll have this little, like, vignette that you can hit triangle and watch. Yeah, this is yeah. exactly why I liked Zestiria. And so Symphonia had similar. that as well. Oh, well. So they've had it at least since 2002. I like that a lot because it lets you get a good grip on the characters because a lot of them, like, they're non-sequiturs. These people, even Velvet is the super serious individual. They don't have this 100%. Like, the whole party isn't 100% dead set on the, the mission. And they're going to have these random conversations because they're around each other for such a long period of time. And, like, you have an instance where two of your characters are having a fishing contest for no better reason than they can. You know, it gets boring while wandering around the wilderness. And, like, at one point, your characters are talking to each other about how they're very glad they're not human because this whiskey is going to come up in, like, 50 years. What? There's someone who's aging uh, liquor. Oh, okay. And the two characters that are talking about it are, like, I've never been more happy I'm not human. I'm sure I'm glad I'm going to be around to drink this whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) One of them is a air sprite. Or, no, earth elemental. That's what it is, because he can't (laughs) swim. And the other one is a demon. So, although the one that struck me as weird is at one point I went and I talked to a couple of my characters, and this is a person who's committed pretty much every crime in the Empire, barring, I think, like, two. And apparently underage drinking is one of them, because your characters are offered alcohol, and the response is, I'm only 19, no. And I'm like, (laughs) that's a weird thing to get hung up on, considering we have no problem with murder or any of these other things, so, (laughs) whatever. But that's a really good game. I'm really having a lot of fun with it. You, have you been doing anything like that, Jeremy? Or are you uh, just Dokkan battling all the time? I got to tell you a Dokkan <laughs> battle story. So it was Halloween, because this is the first time we've recorded since Halloween. And I was just sitting in my chair playing Dokkan battle and giving candy to trick-or-treaters. We didn't get any trick-or-treaters up at my house. Really? None? We didn't get many. Nope. But we got some. Alex and I went to a bar, so. <laughs> I don't ever get trick-or-treaters at my house. That's because well, you live people, out in the middle of freaking you're nowhere. you that people don't wander into the wilderness to find your house? <laughs> well, I mean, I live in a neighborhood, but everyone has five acres, so you'd be able to hit ten houses in an hour or something stupid like that. So anyway, some kids came up. There were like four of them, and one of them was like, clearly, this was probably not the first year he ever trick-or-treated, but the first time he was like, able to look forward to it. And so he's got this big grin on his face, and he's clearly with his older brother because it looks like he's got an older costume that was probably his brother's in the past. And so I'm giving them all candy, and uh, he goes, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And as I start saying it, I realize my mistake, but I say, yeah, you're Gokai Red. 
<laughs> and he goes, no, I'm a Power Ranger. <laughs> and like, I'd already had the thought of, oh, he probably has this older Power Ranger costume because his brother, who is older, is in one from Ninja Steel, which is this year's season. But still in my head, that costume is Gokai Red because Power Rangers Megaforce is trash. And Gokaiger is a show that where most of the fights start with the Power Rangers slow walking towards monsters and shooting them with laser flintlock pistols. <laughs> oh, jeez. I like how that's the first thing you went to. That's no, beautiful. And I'd already had the thought, oh, like I literally thought, oh, this looks this guy's younger brother, and he's probably has this costume that's a few years old because his brother has the new Ninja Steel costume, and he probably just fit it. You know, when you started that with a Dokkan battle story, I yeah. thought you were going to say something like somebody came to the door dressed that's, as Goku. That's what comedy is. For. Actually, you know, I feel like Candy Vegito would be a great costume. <laughs> No one would it get would it. But... <laughs> that is a fantastic card, too. He's dodgy AF. I, I really like having him. So speaking of games I haven't played and want to talk about, I want to talk about a game I haven't played, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Shadow oh, of Mordor sequel. Oh, Shadow of War. That was what I wanted to call it, but it sounded so generic. I was like, that can't possibly be it. I haven't played it, so I don't have anything to say about it. I haven't played it either, but I have watched the opening hour of it. So... Shadow of Mordor ends with, and no matter what Zach says, this is absolutely how it ends, with <laughs> you going like, ah, this adventure was cool, but what are we going to do about that Sauron guy? And your ghost is like, the only way to defeat Sauron is to make another ring as powerful as the one ring, <laughs> because we clearly did not learn our lesson from reading these books, and we need a powerful ring. That's exactly how the first game ends. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, I guess I got to build a ring, and you put on your sunglasses, and yeah! So this game begins with you in Mount Doom. I don't know how you got there or why Sauron has not kicked you out. Forging a ring. You're not shirtless. I can just imagine Sauron come out, like, trying to grab a sandwich and be like, Uh, Excuse me, dude, I I need to get to the fridge. What are you doing in my house? So you finish forging this ring and you put it on like, yes, I'm done. Ghost. Hey, ghost, where are you? I need you to live or I will die. But you don't have your ghost, so you use your senses to track your ghost. And he has gotten stuck in Shelob's web. And so your ghost <laughs> is trapped by Shelob. Oh, we're not to the good part Oh, yet. I think I, I know what he's talking about. I know what's coming, with. but yeah. So Shelob comes out, you know, a spider like out of this hole and like climbs down and turns into a sexy woman to what? bargain to get the ring from you in exchange for your ghost. Yeah, you, you mean like, you know, you know how Shelob is the, uh, the sexy lady in uh, Return of the King as she's chasing Frodo and Sam. You know, as this yeah, giant he, he freaking def- spider. Yeah, yeah, I know he, she's a not, spider. Not even a spider lady, just a sexy just a lady. Just gi- yeah, just I they, w- she goes from giant spider to sexy lady. Yep. The bu- and then you give her the ring to get your ghost back. And I, I don't know if the whole game or just the first act is about you getting your ring back from Shelob. To be a fly on the wall in the meeting where they decided that. I wouldn't want to, A, because Shelob would eat me, but also, B, because now I can just imagine Jedi from Sailor Moon going up and saying, yes, Monster Masume is very popular with teenagers these days. At least do it like Elise or uh, Ragnarok from same series, where it's like, yes, there is the sexy lady part of this, but they're not entirely human, and it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, if you make it sexy spider lady, like, oh, she transformed to try and seduce you for the bargain, okay, that makes sense. Some sense, I guess. You're human. She wants. To, you're probably not going to be attracted but to the giant it, spider. It doesn't track with. 
Shelob has already been presented as. That's no. the biggest problem. I don't even like Lord of the Rings that much. And this was like hurting every bit of lore of Lord of the Rings. I'm like, no part of this is Lord of the Rings. Ah. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of want to play this game. <laughs> I actually really wanted to play the original Shadows of Mordor. Uh, so. If you have a PS4, it's on sale for six bucks right now. It's pretty good. If only I had a PS4. I know you don't. <laughs> I actually just bought it because I was like, hey, I'll play this one first. And maybe I'll play that other one. But I don't want to pay full price for a game with sexy Shelob in it on principle. I, actually, I do not want to reward that behavior. <laughs> I actually picked up uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare today. Oh, yeah. That's right. I know you were waiting for that because you wanted to not get Infinite War. Because Infinite Warfare is terrible. But then- so I was trying to think of like a good Infinite War joke. Some what is it good for? Greater than other. It's bad. Asymptotically nothing. Anyway, but what I have been playing is Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle because I want to try to finish that before Mario Odyssey comes out. Oh hey, have how you far have you failed gotten? that? Well, when we were supposed to record, when we were supposed to record this episode originally, Mario Odyssey wasn't out for another five hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were going to fail? Yes. Okay. I got halfway through. Once you unlock the skill system, the game gets way, way better because I really like the way the skill trees in that game work. Basically, you can refund your points for free, which is nice because even if you get like five experience points, that usually means you can make a change and get an upgrade somewhere. I always like it when games include a uh, means to reset your specs. I'm torn on it, but in this one, I like it because it's like every battle you fine tune a little bit and you have something new for the next one. Well, that's why I like it when games include stuff like that, because otherwise, you know, they have the, you're locked into your decisions on this, and you're like, I don't even know how this combat system works yet. I don't know if this thing that I picked is going to be good or not. Well, then, I like the ones that'll be like, oh, it'll cost you some of the X resource to do a respec, and it costs, costs more every time you do it. So maybe the first one's free because you get halfway through the game and you realize, oh, that's actually how combat works in this game. I need to do everything differently. And then you're set or it's like, oh, I, you know, so it's going to stop you from, okay, so this next battle is coming up. I should be specced like this. Okay. And then for this next battle, I should be specced like this. It depends on the game. This game, there's not really enough like nuance in the specking to... Yeah. Go at it that way. And also, if I ever got stuck on a level, I would like the ability to try to retune like that. But that's only happened on one level, which was the first boss, which is this weird difficulty spike because you haven't unlocked the skill system yet. Mm. And it's the one right before you unlock it. So every battle after that is easier because you have skill points and you can have Luigi take three Overwatch shots. That seems pretty good. Actual Luigi or rabbit Luigi? Actual Luigi. All the actual people get Overwatch and all the rabbits do not. Huh. Rabbit Luigi gets a rocket launcher. <laughs> okay, that makes up for it, I think. <laughs> no, Overwatch is really powerful. It is. Yeah, I do like Peach has like a lava shotgun. Yeah, Peach's weapons are a shotgun and grenades. <laughs> but it's not, it's not <laughs> and just she's a, a shotgun. Healer. It's not just a shotgun. It depends it's... on what shotgun you get. Okay, but the one, the one I saw because I saw the Achievement Hunter guys playing the game before it came out was like a lava shotgun. What like, is not a fire shotgun, a lava shotgun. What is the... Uh... What is that achievement? I'm a healer tank damage dealer? Yep. Yeah, that's basically that's, that's Peach. Peach. I thought there was one more. Like I thought it was all four of them in the title. Yeah, it does work it in there, and I'm not sure Is how. it I'm a sneaky healer tank damage dealer, maybe? or nah, It might just be right. I'm a healer tank damage dealer. Kingdom Metal's pretty good. I really want to play some of the co-op levels to see how they incorporate stuff. The boss battles feel weird in that it feels like someone different designed each one. Like They all seem to have a different ethos about what a boss battle should be. 
Really? The first one is this really tough battle. Okay, that's normal. I expected you to sneeze. <laughs> the second one is this big set piece where basically you're fighting a Donkey Kong rabbit, and he has a bunch of bananas, so if you attack him, he will instantly eat bananas in full heal. So you have to get up to these switches that cause the bananas to drop and then take him out before he gets a turn after doing that, or he will pummel whoever hit the switch. Okay. So it's this weird tactical moving battle where you have to get up to these switches and he's knocking you back. And it's very set piece based, but it's also very obvious what you're supposed to do to win. And then the third one is this giant guy with this big shield that basically blocks line of sight. So you have to kind of maneuver people into flanking positions so you can actually get shots. Well, they certainly all sound distinctive. They also <laughs> all sound kind of all over the place. Like, they're all fun for their own. It just feels like a different person designed each one without talking to anyone else who designed a boss. I mean, maybe they did. That, yep, that's entirely possible. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like, alright, so we've got eight or however many bosses we're going to have. We're going to have you design one, and you design one, and you design one, and bring them all to me, and then I'll just approve them. Shouldn't we confer with them? No. Nope. You all go into your separate rooms, design your own bosses, we'll hodgepodge them together and see how it goes. Also, whenever you get a new character, they replace someone in your party for one battle, so you have to use them. And Luigi is always the low man on the totem pole, so Luigi will always get replaced in a hilarious way. If you're using Luigi, which I am because he's a sniper, and that's what I need on my <laughs> XCOM team. So poor Luigi keeps getting frozen in ice, or like is just the butt monkey of every joke. That's... Which is the way it yeah. should work. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, the problem is you lose, your, you lose your sniper. In, in, in XCOM, snipers are pretty damn important. But again, everyone has Overwatch. Or by everyone, I mean Mario has Overwatch. Mario's kind of an all-rounder. He doesn't really have a... So he, you might say he's class. this game's Mario. You might. The strength <laughs> of snipers is the fact that they hit really, really, really hard from really far away. Yeah, so you're saying they're snipers. Exactly. <laughs> That's fine. I have close-in fighters for that. For hitting people from <laughs> yeah. really, really far away. Yes. Well, I mean, movement is so ridiculous in that game. It seems like it's very easy to close with That's the enemies. Because you can do the whole movement, and then do you bounce off people's heads, or do they throw... You, you can bounce off one person's head, and depending on what character is bouncing, they have different abilities. Like, Rabbit Luigi can bounce multiple times. Mario can jump on enemies to deal damage to them. Yeah, isn't it like Peach heals when she lands or something yeah. like that? Yeah, so there's like, you get your move, and then you get this basically double move. You can do a double move and then get a jump move on top of that as well. So you can just really cover, from what I've seen of the game, you can really cover a lot of distance with your characters. The downside is the enemies can as well, so cover isn't nearly as valuable as like in an XCOM, because yeah. it's very easy for them to flank you. Move Overwatch. Move Overwatch. <laughs> yes, but Move Overwatch, Overwatch. Overwatch is on cooldown in this game, which is the main reason Luigi is so good. He can get his cooldown on Overwatch down to one turn. And then he can take three shots in Overwatch, so he basically it just murders also someone. Also kind of sounds like the enemy density isn't as high in nope. this game as it is in XCOM. From what I've seen, no, it's not. Uh, it depends on the level. For the most part, it isn't. They also don't do as much damage. And since you don't have permadeath, they're not. it's not as big a deal if you get someone Knocked screwed out. over. Which is probably my least favorite part of the game. In the same way that I make fun of Zack for playing on Fire Emblem without permadeath, it really takes something away when I don't care if Mario dies. There's a little bit of a penalty because usually you'll have to do two or three levels with your health carrying over. So if someone gets knocked out, they come into the next fight with one HP. So and the next few levels are harder. Yeah, but it's not nearly the same thrill you get as when you survive all your characters in XCOM. 
It's a lot more uh, difficult when your most elite sniper gets killed on an XCOM mission because they ain't coming back. It's even worse when they get injured for a few missions because when you get killed, if you're me, you just restart. But if you're injured, you're like, no, nah, I can keep going. And then you miss them so much on those missions. It yeah, then what... you turn on Iron Man and you're like, I just had my entire squad get turned into mulch. I think I'm boned and it's been like 15 hours. Crap. It was kind of what drove me off of XCOM was a lot of the, it's they seemed almost scripted, got you moments of, oh, I would have almost had to have played this level before to understand that these enemies were going to pop out at this certain spot and murder me. The first game is kind of bad about that. Yeah, but, I'm specifically um, talking about the first game. It's, since most of the levels are actually kind of a random set, playing the level doesn't really help you. That's why that thing of what I said earlier of move Overwatch, move Overwatch. No, th that really bothered me because it's like, oh, well, I've got this double, double, nope, it's always move Overwatch and it's move Overwatch, quick save, move Overwatch, <laughs> quick save, move Overwatch, quick save. It's not quite that, but. If this was a podcast that had episode titles based on the things people said, it would be Move Overwatch Quick Save. So what have you been playing, Move Overwatch Quick Save? Skyrim, I guess? Really? Again? No, because Move Overwatch Quick Save. You can't Overwatch in Skyrim. That's what you think. You also <laughs> you can't can. move. Oh yeah, Skyrim, that game where you're a tree, stationary. <laughs> the I know, Skyrim <laughs> Tree Edition is fantastic. Platinum Cellar. One of my favorite game modes in TF2 was hide and seek, where it just like, like assigns you a random piece of furniture that can spawn on the map, and you just have to go blend in somewhere. My favorite time ever is I was just a saw blade, and I just like went and got up next to this other saw blade that actually deals damage to you, and just moved back and forth with it the entire match for like five minutes straight. <laughs> that is pretty great. Um, that sounds like watching people play uh, prop hunt. Prop hunt. Yep. Yeah, it is prop hunt. That yeah. is basically what that is. So, I have not been playing any of TFT. What I have been playing, though, is a game that's been on my wish list for a long time, and I was, like, casting about for something to play. So, I finally just bought it because it was on slight sale, is Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, that Zelda-ish game. Yeah, and that is, it's only vaguely Zelda-ish. I guess it's, like... I really, really don't like the art style of it. It looks like an interesting game, like the gameplay with that dash. I really, really working. like the art style of it, so... Same here, which is why I also bought it, because it was on sale. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but... So, it, so I'm you want to describe the game it. for people like Zach, who... So, first off, I will preface this with, man, this game is weird. But okay. also, the first two and a half minutes of it are just, like, weird, surreal cutscene, in a way that I really liked. Tyler? Mm-hmm? I've played Cuphead. I think I've got that. Weird... Surreal cutscenes? Not that surreal. You go to the Devil's Casino and wager your soul. What's surreal about that? Yeah, it's a Disney cartoon. So it's like a top-down isometric, like uh, one of the Nintendo, Super Nintendo era Zelda games. You wander around and have to, like, reconstruct these ancient artifacts, and also you're blue, so people are racist against you, I guess. I don't know. Also, you're dying of some sort of disease. Uh, basically, you run around and you slash things with your sword and or you shoot them. You can collect coins to buy power-ups, so you can, like, deflect projectiles with your sword. Or, like, get more ammo for your gun. You also get, like, 15 different guns at some point. I've only got two of them so far. Maybe three now. Um, it sounds a little bit like a cluster. No, no, it's fantastic. Um, sounds like you've got way too much going on is more of the problem. No, it's actually really tight. You have very little going on. Um, it's mostly, like, dash, hack, and slash combat. You have a dash, which eventually you can buy a power-up to chain dash. Turns out that's only useful if you know how to do it well. I keep chain dashing into things and dying as a result. Mm. It is absurdly difficult in some spots. So, 
That's I love what, it. Yeah, that's one of the main things I've heard about it is um, Yahtzee was even talking about it at one point that he's like, I like these absurdly difficult games like Cuphead, Hyperlight Drifter, and Dark Souls. It is really, really hard. I have yet to beat a boss on the first playthrough. So, in fact, it actually kind of does like a, what was the name of that game that was the precursor to River City Ransom? Renegade, I want to say. Um, yeah, I believe so. Renegade. And, like, one of the things we lauded it for is that you had to, like, get through a specific scenario and then it gave you all your health back. This game works kind of similarly where, like, there are rooms or, like, sets of rooms that you have to get through and it just checkpoints you at the beginning of each of them. So if you can make it through one set of challenges, you're pretty much set. It's just really, really hard to get through one of those sets of challenges sometimes. It requires lots of twitch reflexes and, like, good timing for platforming puzzles. It's a lot of fun, and I really like the aesthetic, and I the music's like, awesome. And I dislike platforming puzzles, but the whole, like, learn boss patterns and learn enemy patterns in order to do better and succeed, I like that idea. Yeah, and it is both of these things. Some of it, like, uh, there's essentially the equivalent of a heart piece you need to get that involves, like, being really good at chain dashing, which, turns out, is actually kind of hard. There are also a bunch of, like, corridors where you have to, like, dodge things that will just crush you in one hit while also fighting around enemies at the same time. That's really hard. <laughs> or just the bosses, generally, are really hard. I got, like, three quarters of the way through it, I think, but I'm missing a lot of the secrets, I guess? Things that are not necessary to win, but all the collectibles that I need to gather because I'm a completionist. Yeah, secrets is so. a good name for that. Anything else, Tyler? Nothing of note. I've gotten back into Splatoon recently, mostly because my DS is still broken, and I'm like, I should go play Smash. And Alex is like, I don't want to watch you play Smash again, so I play Splatoon instead. She finds that more enjoyable? Yep. Okay. There are more colors. And it's, it's I guess there are. There are squids who are also kids. It's also got pretty sweet squid wrap, I guess. Okay. So, I don't know. And it scratches a similar itch for me, so. All right, so that brings us to the assignment. Super Return of the Jedi. Oh, Finally, we God. are done with these LucasArts games until we play the Indiana Jones one. It can't be any worse than this. Why? Why do you tempt fate? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like that. So, I don't know that this is the worst of the Super Star Wars games. We'll have that discussion later, but... Man, is it a Super Star Wars game? Yeah. <laughs> man, did they not learn their lessons? I mean, they just... I want to say they keep making these worse, but I'm not convinced they do. So this game starts off like the others with an opening text scroll. And then, you know, like in the start of Return of the Jedi, you get in a land speeder. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, go to Jabba's Palace. Oh, you, I mean, you skipped the, like, entire opening cutscene that they reproduced where Vader's, like, talking to an admiral and, like, it goes beyond the text scroll. <laughs> I must have skipped that because I literally do not remember it. Yeah, there's, like, the scene of, like, a Star Destroyer coming up to the Death Star. and <laughs> Of the shuttle coming up and he's like, the Emperor? Here? Yeah, pretty much. And, like, the entire scene's reproduced. I saw in, that. In glorious 16-bit graphics. <laughs> I think I remember seeing that and going, can Skip. I get to the game? <laughs> so then you get to the game? Imagine F-Zero on the Super Nintendo. It just now, drops you in. Now, imagine it looked, like, ten times worse, and there weren't any other racers for you to race against, and there were all these, like, random columns in your way, and also you had to jump over pits. There's and you some handle, like, ass. There's some pits in the middle of the, like, pieces of land you don't have to jump over that look like you should fall down them, but you don't. You can just drive right over those. It's not good. <laughs> My experience is either you easily do this half asleep, or you hit one thing and you pinball between 30 things and explode. 
I never actually exploded. I did fall off a couple of times. Like, I think I died twice trying to do that stupid part. Yeah, I think I also died twice. It's not very forgiving to mistake. Like, you screw up once and it just kind of spirals out of control. The bigger problem is it's not at all engaging and it's not what literally anyone bought a Star Wars game for. Yeah, it's it's very boring, very bland, You're basically and it's an incredibly difficult, too. It's Zach, we're annoying. not on final thoughts yet. That particular, <laughs> that particular part. Ju- yeah, just yep, that part. That was the joke. <laughs> so once you get through that, you get to choose from three characters. Leia, Chewie, or Luke. You're going to pick Luke. He has a lightsaber. Yeah, he's got a freaking lightsaber. I picked I Leia like... because she had a stick. Le- at least Chewie has a gun, so yeah, I understand why I, you I like pick Chewie. Chewie. I like Chewie and Leia, but Luke's got a lightsaber. I picked Chewie second because he's got the bowcaster. So I actually kind of wonder, because both Leia and Luke, when you double jump, you do like a spin flip that can hit enemies beneath you. Does Chewie do that too? Yeah, that seems like there are a lot of places where if I didn't have that, I would have landed on an enemy. That's how I was navigating most of the world for the first. Oh God, I'm so dizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Because you move move so freaking slow. Oh, we should also talk about the graphics. Luke looks exactly like Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi. Old, grizzled, giant beard. <laughs> in all black. Looks like he's about 50. To be fair, he's wearing all black in. I know, in the movie, but... But, but he didn't have a beard that I remember in Return of the Jedi. He actually shaved right as he got to Jabba's palace. We didn't see that in the movie, though. <laughs> yeah, he's been looking for Han for weeks. Weeks, man. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you can pick characters, but you're going to pick Luke. He's got a lightsaber. He's got a double jump. Not that that helps, because the enemies in this game take 50 hits. Whether you're shooting them with a gun or bashing them with a lightsaber, which is just terrible in feel, because these aren't stormtroopers you're fighting. They're rats and birds <laughs> and, and like why does, snake monsters. And I why guess? does it take five swings of my lightsaber to kill a rat? <laughs> it's one hell of it's uh, a party rat. rat. And also, the hit detection in this game is incredibly Sega-like on both sides. When you get hit, Luke kind of goes, "Ugh." <laughs> and that's the only real good indication. You have barely any hit invincibility, so it's really easy to get hit again. And similarly, when you hit enemies, they don't get stunned at all, so it's very easy for them to just walk right into you afterwards. And when you're navigating the world, it's about a 50-50 shot as to whether or not that platform you're about to jump off that leads down to a uh, death pit or uh, another route. And that that's a whole different thing, too, because, man, navigating this world. Yep. <laughs> So I think what the biggest problem with this game's navigation actually is, is not the uh, leap of faith jumps. It's similar to Castlevania The Adventure, where the game is too zoomed in because you can't really see what's going on around you. It's way better than Castlevania The Adventure. You have way more screen space, but they're trying to put a lot of that. They're real fond of like these big stair platforms, both up and down. And what you really need is to zoom way out to see where you're going either way. Yeah, because yeah, because I can basically only see what one, maybe, maybe two, two if you're lucky. But, yeah, like but if you can see that, view, yeah, you can it, see that second one. You can't see if there's anything on it. Yeah, so you're just standing there, like, all right. So I'm at the edge of this cliff, and I can see this one platform that leads up. I don't even know if I can jump off this cliff and go down, if I'm going to die or not, or if I have to follow this stair platform up. I just went up leads. under the assumption that going up was harder because of the platforming. Therefore, there must be better stuff up there. As far as I could tell, this is not a good assumption. There's yeah. not necessarily better stuff. They also, I noticed they blatantly reused the exact same pattern like four or five times oh, yeah, throughout they, this level. They did that all the time. Which makes navigation even harder. And they don't really have the advantage of branching paths, which can either be like in the Castlevania games where some paths are more platforming-based challenges and some paths are more combat-based challenges. And so you choose your poison. Do you want to try to engage with the combat system? 
Or are you confident in your platforming? Or you can do it like Sonic, where the higher paths tend to be harder to get to, but you don't have any threat of dying of falling because you'll just fall to the lower path. But they're harder to get to, so you have to execute whatever jumps you need to actually get up onto them. This game just kind of has them, and it doesn't even really feel like paths as much as it feels like this big world you're trying to get through and you can't tell if you're going forward or back because of the reuse textures and stuff. My question is, how did Jabba ever get here if he had to take this way up? He's, <laughs> he's got, got sky barge. Yeah, he's got this barge that just flies over all this crap. We came in in a land speeder. <laughs> I know. Why couldn't I just speed over these damn canyons? This game has a real big licensed game problem where why is Luke Skywalker fighting a bunch of pterodactyls and rats and stuff? Pterodactyls who do the terrible Sonic 1 thing of picking up you up and dropping you back before you were. But at least in Sonic 1, it was your own damn fault that you fell down that pit. Ever, That's terrible game design. Don't implement bad guys that just move you back in the level. But no one yep. wants to play a Star Wars game to hit a pterodactyl five times with your lightsaber before you can kill it. You want to fight Darth Vader or Boba Fett for some reason. <laughs> to be fair for the things that move you back in the level, I feel like those work in the Zelda games. Well, they can work, but the Zelda games are about navigation and going I to different that. rooms. And when, when a Zelda floating hand grabs you, you can be like, well, maybe I'll try going the other way. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like those enemies work in those games versus in these, like, especially a 2D platformer. No, I do not want to. Like, I'd rather It basically die just, just makes. Be... Exactly. Uh, we actually had this discussion on the first Super Star Wars, because there are pits you can fall into, and you just, like, sit there and take damage until you die. Just kill you. It's faster. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's actually the second Super Star Wars, but yes. Oh, wow. Your point is exactly correct. In a 2D platformer, you don't want to go back because there's no retracing your steps. There's no benefit to it. It's just you engaging with the same challenge a second time. Yeah, it's and it's not very challenging in the first place. It's not even. It's not like, oh, well, I'm going to go over here this time, I guess, or I'm going to go investigate what happens if I go this way. It's just... Yeah, screw you. It's just tedious, right? Yeah, it's just in the way. And then you get to the boss battle, which is against a thing. That's about all the th way I can describe it. It's like a metal ball, and you have to hit it, and it tries to hit you. You know, like in Star Wars. It's I a mean, droid, that obviously. Torture device thing. That's a giant metal. Well, I mean, it's not a giant, but it's a metal ball. There's also yeah. in uh, Shadows of the Empire. There's like a giant metal ball. I think it's like a combat droid. Oh, the probe droids. No, like the actual combat droids. Like, they're giant things that shoot lasers at you and have, like, Gatling guns. The ATSTs? Yeah, no? but see, the advantage no. that you have in Shadows of the Empire is that it's not based on one of the movies. So you're not making up some random thing that you're fighting. That against. is true. Your band duo in the Ebon, or I'm sorry, the Century Hawk. Your Dash Rendar. <laughs> Dash Rendar. In the Outrider. <laughs> Yes, I know oh, this. It's not, yeah. it's not the Ebon Hawk? No, that's is that KOTOR. KOTOR? Yeah. It's, it's, Dash Rendar's ship is the Outrider. It's to the totally not Millennium Falcon. Yep. I was going to say, it's not the uh, weak Peregrine or possibly the Fortnite. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> at least it's a different model of the, uh, what's the name of the company? It's a YT-2400 yeah, instead of I mean, a YT-1300. Yeah, but I mean, Corellian? Yeah, Corellian. Uh, it was a. It's the different version of the Corellian freighter. The other advantage that Shadows of the Empire has is that I believe some people want to play a Star Wars game to be '90s as hell Han Solo, <laughs> and you're still fighting Star Wars things like ATSTs and Boba Fetts and, <laughs> and stormtroopers and stormtroopers and not rats. And this game just has terrible feel, which brings me to Luke's force power, which is that he can move his lightsaber around the screen. 
using his force move ability. But while you're doing that, you're entirely vulnerable, probably to the thing you're trying to get your lightsaber <laughs> to hit, or to one of those birds who will caca in and pick you up to take you back, and you're defenseless while you try to get your lightsaber back to your hand. Which no. moves so slow. Come, come back, Fido. Fido! <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, the screen's so zoomed in, there's no real point to toss your lightsaber. Like, you don't need the range, really? Because you you'll be able to walk over and beat the guy to death at about the, the same, same speed. speed. Yeah. But the combat feels so bad because of the hit detection, like I talked about earlier. There's no, just I, nothing I satisfying that. about this game. Nothing. Yeah. No. I thought I, like, the first time I was attacking something, I thought I wasn't hitting it somehow. I'm like, what is the range on this lightsaber that I'm <laughs> not hitting this enemy that's uh, right in front of me? Jeremy, that's not technically true. There is something that is incredibly satisfying about this game. Turning it off? Yes. No, <laughs> disagree. I got no joy from doing that. I yeah. Tyler, I you're either. a monster for leaving late today because you made me think, hey, I'll try playing some more Super Star Wars. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's always fun to torment, Jeremy. It so, is. So I think Zach summed it up pretty well earlier, but do we have any final thoughts? It's terrible. Duck no. this one. Just, um, just no. Yeah, I would prefer not to think about it, actually. I played it for like... I played 10? it for like 15 minutes and yeah, was like, I'm maybe, done. Maybe 15 minutes. And I think it was like the third time I fell off a cliff and died because I thought it was a cliff that you were supposed to jump off, not a cliff that you couldn't jump off. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that cliff. Because you know I what's crazy? Back. I botched a couple jumps and just fell. And I, I fell for so long, I assumed I was just going to die. I'm like, man, just kill me already. And then I landed on a lower platform. Yeah, no, that I happened had, to that me was, a couple times, that too. Was like and the, it's like one of the second ones where I was like, I jump off this high platform. I swear, like, a mini-map maybe would help so I could at least see where the hell I'm going. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't make it Actually, good. Actually, you know what would, would uh, help this game out the most? A you fire. Yeah, that's actually, uh, we need a fire attachment for the bowcaster. That would actually help. So speaking of fire <laughs> attachments, we have a list on our website, www.lasttimeonvideogames.com, listing all the games we've played from best to dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where Ignition Factor is in that list. I haven't thought about that game in a little while. I think it was the bottom half, but it's it's top of the bottom half, which we never look at. Yeah. Uh, the least dumpster fire is Chrono Trigger, because you can like jettison fires back in time, and then you're fine. Then they just are part of the Big Bang. The most dumpster fire is Echo the Dolphin, where even all the water you're under cannot put out the flames. The exact midpoint of dumpster fire is Kirby's Dream Course, where you have to shoot around the dumpster fire to get into the hole. So, clearly, this is a contender for the top of the list. How does it compare to Chrono Trigger? Uh, disfavorably. I think we should start with the first Super Star Wars game, which I think it is worse than, because that game is a game that I sometimes think, huh, I wonder if I could get good at that game and it would be fun. I do not think I could have fun with this game no matter how good I was. Nope. This game is way worse. I kind of liked it. Hey You're guys. also categorically insane. <laughs> that is true. Um, I like. I didn't think it was the worst thing ever. It was just kind of boring. So. so how do we think it compares to the sequel, Super Empire Strikes Back? Because I actually think it's better than that just because about what Tyler was talking earlier, where you fall into pits with spikes and have to wait for them to kill you. <laughs> Well, they yeah, also had that, rough. and the weapon was actually worse in Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So I think I agree. Yeah, I also tend to agree. Like, that game was actively frustrating just because of terrible So mechanics. was this? Yeah, this, like I said, I thought this game was just kind of boring. Yeah, it, I it feel was like boring this was and more, incredibly difficult. I feel like this was more frustrating due to game design and not bad mechanics, as weird as that. Yeah, sounds. no, it I, was it's both. like bad level design. Yeah. So, so directly above Super Empire Strikes Back, we have a game that I think shares one of the big problems this one does, Castlevania Adventure. Now, Castlevania Adventure is way more zoomed in, but at least it has more engaging boss fights. 
So I actually think I prefer Castlevania Adventure. What do you guys think? Man, I did not really like that game. That's no, I, I absolutely hate both games, so I can't. I'm trying to be objective, and I can't be. I was able to force myself to play more of Castlevania: The Adventure, so um, I guess on that metric, I maybe vote for it over this. It at least feels like a Castlevania game, right? In that it's got weird monsters and your assignment yeah, Belmont that's in a way true. that this fails to this capture what's good about Star Wars. This doesn't feel like a Star Wars game in the slightest. So I guess I'd have to give it Castlevania: The Adventure. But there's a Chewbacca, so. Do you remember that part in the movies where there's a pterodactyl that Luke has to wail on for with five? To be fair, part of the doesn't that sound universe. like a thing that would happen in Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, he fights a Yeti. Nah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but it only takes him one hit. I wonder what the Rancor fight is like in this game. The world will never know. There isn't one, as it turns out. <laughs> All right, so that puts Super Return of the Jedi at number 201. Wow. Directly above Super Empire Strikes Back and below Castlevania Adventure. For the record, Echo the Dolphin is now at, what, 208? 216. Okay, wow, there's more on there than I thought. So so there are 15 games we've played worse than this one. I think at least one of the Mortal Kombats is down there. So did this fall below King's Knight? Because I feel like nope. I like King's Both Knight Both the better. Mortal Kombats are above that. This okay. is Super Empire Strikes Back we put directly above King's Knight. So this is two above King's Knight. Okay, I'm not sure that I agree with that. But, but that is the tyranny of the list. Yep. It was made by past us, those fools. <laughs> yeah, I know. So speaking of fools, Kevin, what game are we playing next week? That Why did we you bring you here? you to play this with us. <laughs> yeah, so we're actually going to play a game that's good next that's week. Debatable. That's debatable. That's, <laughs> that's impossible. We don't do that on this podcast. No, there's at least a couple of games way up at the top that yeah. are actually we, good. We play Chrono Trigger and Super Metroid and Halo and Doom, and, you know, then the list kind of falls off. <laughs> All right, yeah. Zoom Beanies is in there. <laughs> oh, Fire, Fire Emblem's in there. That's true. Uh, Super Mario 3, the one that Zach likes. The only That's good his official one. subtitle. But what are we playing next week? Next week, we're going to fight some demons in Diablo 2. Oh, sweet. I've never cool. played any Diablos. And uh, are we including the expansion in that? Yes. All right. Cool. Next time on Last Time, we're going to have a ball. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games. Copyright 2017. All the video games and other media mentioned within are copyright their respective owners. To listen to past episodes and see other content, visit www.lasttimeonvideogames.com. If you'd like to reach us by email, you can do so at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. We're also on iTunes and would really appreciate a five-star review, or if you just told a friend about the show. What is a podcast? A miserable pile of secrets. But this one is over. See you next week. I was actually wondering how he was going to manage to put dumpster fire with Echo the Dolphin. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was waiting for. It was like, how is he going gonna to make a You're going to rate me out of 10 on that one? <laughs> that eh, about a five. Um, I was, I would, I'd give you like a seven or eight, actually. Yeah. That was like, pretty solid. I'm apparently the 10. Russian judge. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a 10, but I, I could see seven or eight.